Welcome to the engineer-ish, or as we like to say, engineer minus the ish. The most unique math problem we've been puzzled by, solved, and revisited throughout our journey as engineers. I'm Tori. And I'm Drew. Welcome, welcome, welcome. To the engineer-ish. Uh, minus the ish. Are we taking the ish out or are we putting the ish in? I'm gonna take it out. I'm putting it in. Uh, no. The engineer ish now in session. It's February, which means it's time to celebrate Black History Month. So in celebration of Black History Month, at the beginning of each episode, we'll be highlighting the Black pioneers who continue to pave the way for each and every one of us. First up, we have STEM graduate from University of Maryland, Baltimore, 34-year-old Dr. Kismika Corbett. Dr. Corbett was at the forefront of clinical trials and the development for the COVID-19 vaccine. So major kudos and thanks to Dr. Corbett. You can catch more of our weekly Black History Month highlights on our Twitter account at the engineer underscore ish. Ring-a-ling, ring-a-ling, ring-a-ling. We are here. Good morning, good evening, good night. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm happy to be here. This is Drew. Tori, my co-host, how are you doing today? I'm good, Mr. Drew. You came in with a lot of energy. And I, some, so I just, I'm feeling I be your getting energy. excited. I've been getting excited sometimes. And yes. I want to share that excitement. It's a new year. Like, I'm just excited, honestly, to be out of 2020. I think I feel like was... the sun is shining a little bit brighter in 2021. I don't have you looked outside lately. You might y'all might need to go check. I think the sun is it's, a little bit it's brighter. It's been shining brighter. I really think it has. I'm I'm a little optimistic about I shouldn't say a little bit optimistic. Hey, we a lot I'm of it. A lot of a it. A lot optimistic. of bit optimistic about a new year. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. So a little bit of a recap recapping back to our last episode what did we talk about last time we did a little remix uh our first remix episode oh, where yeah. like we the did skittles pack. <laughs> don't they got a remix don't skittles i don't like those i don't like the the skittle remix i always i always say uh i mean i have a uh, candy and me we have a it's a love-hate relationship i eat way too much candy I'm, I'm trying to do better you know what i'm saying i'm trying to do better you a chocolate person or are you like man i like, like everything I, honestly i think sugar and cocaine are related i think they're related because i eat like I, once i eat like what well, I, so I, let me tell you this are story. you a cocaine wait I, let me tell you this if you could be a sugar head i'm not a coke but sugar maybe you know what i'm saying like so i i i'm, I'm very strict with my kids right so okay. so last halloween uh, we made some orange Halloween festive Rice Krispie treats, right? We Sounds get to good. the end of the night. We're watching our movie. We sit down. I say, all right, you get one Rice Krispie treat. You get one Rice Krispie treat. Daddy's going to eat one Rice Krispie treat, right? So, <laughs> so we're all, mommy got a Rice Krispie treat. Everybody's good, right? So after the kids go to bed, I said, you know what? Daddy thinks he's going to have another Rice Krispie treat. <laughs> But daddy didn't just have one Rice Krispie treat. 
Daddy ate the rest of the whole pan. There was no more Rice Krispie oh treats goodness. at Did the end the of the night. Did the kids witness this? No, they were asleep. They were asleep. They said, what happened to the Rice Krispie treats? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. They're gone, though. So let's move on. Okay, guys? Let's move on. Let's move on. That's all I'm Dang. saying. I'm trying to do better, y'all. Help me. Please, help me. So 2021 goal for you needs to be to lay off the, the Gotta sweets. lay off the sweets, man. Gotta lay off the sweets. Yes. This is very true. I, I used to be that way when it came to red velvet, um, anything. I'm a big red velvet cupcake. Delicious. And, Delicious. Man, I love some good red velvet. And it can't be, it cannot taste anything like chocolate. So if you give me the kind that's all dark, <laughs> that's not red velvet. I feel played when I see people like in Kroger, they have the red velvet that's like dark and... Yeah, the hey, icing man. isn't right, but I'm a big red velvet fan. I feel, that's that's the red velvet is the best cake. I felt validated when I when I seen uh, when I saw Marshawn Lynch, you know, eating Skittles on the football field. I was like, <laughs> see, 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 I'm not the only one. It's okay. Skittles are good, just not the remix. Appreciate you, bruh. And we got all off topic. Yeah, yeah, we, my bad. We yeah, did yeah. like bring a little, it back. Bring it back to the remix episode. The remix episode. A little. We got a little off track by the Skittles remix. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about sweets. My so bad. we did our first. Uh, remix episode we did interview interview questions yeah so drew asked me five questions i asked him five questions that we had not previously seen from each other before yeah. and we were just we put sharing. ourselves yeah we were able to learn about each other and some of our experiences while using the star-based interview approach which is very popular uh as you guys may have experienced with interviews yeah. i've experienced it on in interviews but it was just fun. So I I enjoyed. It. I definitely learned some things that I didn't know before uh, about you, Tori. And I'll say, oh, 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 <laughs> oh. It was one of those. Oh, like with a question. Oh, oh, <laughs> really? okay, all right. Yeah. So we learned a lot about each other, and um, definitely let us know how you guys uh, like the star based interview episode, our remix episode. Um, you may have some stories about how you how you feel about interviewing and yeah. stuff like that maybe you want to be interviewed you if you want to be interviewed let us know but you got to tell us why you want to be interviewed you know what i'm saying you got to give us give us some information but we will have some people on you know later on in, in the and season it, yeah um where we'll be, we will be doing some interviews so you know i i know that we're open so you know i don't know i don't know you yet <laughs> but i would like to get to know you <laughs> we like to interview you just Put an application and yeah, let, a, we'll let us know what's there. up, man. I, I like interesting stories, you know, so the more interesting, the better. And that's right. The more interesting, the better. Or as they say in Spanish, el más interesante, el mejor. Ah, so, yeah. Claro que sí. Claro que sí, mi amiga. <laughs> sí. We're trying to trying to increase our Yeah, I didn't know we was going to get listeners. multicultural on y'all today, boy. <laughs> Ooh-wee. All right. Yeah. So... What's uh, what's happening, man? I'm 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 ready to uh, to uh, talk about some topics, man. What what are we talking about? What are we talking about today? The topic for today is actually kind of personal. I mean, so, does it have you stressed out? You seem like you're a little little stressed out about it. It it, it may have you stressed. Out. I don't know if it okay. re- really affects me, but I'm just gonna say. <laughs> okay. So what I'd like us to talk about mm-hmm. is bigger, really better Ooh. so so not taking it there but Ooh. i want us to, to talk about the pros and cons of working for bigger companies mm-hmm. like can smaller get the job done like can smaller companies get the job done because i know i personally work for a large company mm-hmm. and i work for 
smaller companies and okay. even medium sized companies. Mm-hmm. So I thought it'd be I thought it'd be pretty interesting if we talk about it. All right. Well, really well, well, speaking from my own perspective, I, I don't know if <laughs> small can get the job stop, done. Stop, what? stop. Don't even, huh? don't even you go. Don't want me, you don't want me to expound Not upon this, this idea of, you know? Yeah, long as long as you're focused. If smaller can get the job done, I don't, I don't really know because that's not my area of expertise is what I was going to say. <laughs> and speaking of interviews, we might have to have somebody on here that knows, that can speak and vouch for you if you want to really go. There. Okay, all right. You know what I'm saying? Hey, bring it, bring it on, bring it on. <laughs> Ain't no shame in my game. Nah, but so your perspective. Tell me, well, tell tell us a little bit about your experiences working with bigger or smaller companies. Because I don't really know if you've had more experience with bigger or smaller as it pertains to companies, of course. Mm-hmm. Are you sure you want to talk? Okay, well, yeah, we'll, we'll stick with. Let's we'll stick keep with the companies. Company. We we'll keep stick, company. We'll stick with the company. So, so actually, um, you know, as I was finishing up college, I was working uh, at a small company. So my experience um, started off, you know, in my in my corporate journey um, at a small company. Um, and when I was at that small company, I think I kind of I kind of learned some things that I liked and that I didn't like um, about you know working with small companies. Um, and so for for one. I think one of the one of the first things that I noticed at a small company is that they generally tend to have much more of a close knit environment. Um, so mm-hmm. you kind of get to know your your coworkers or the other employees on a little bit of a of a different level. Um, and I thought that was kind of a I thought that was kind of a cool thing, um, just because it it, it kind of created a different level of comfortability. Um, and so you know I, I thought that was I thought that was nice or whatever and kind of and kind of ran with it. Yeah, it's um, like you're closer and you feel more comfortable like yeah. walking over to their desk if you have to say something to them. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and then like um another thing is, you know, at a small company, and I think this is especially, you know, for me because I was still in college, but even for people that are coming out of college, um, or even if you're you're in your career and you maybe you haven't necessarily found, you know, what you like, um, working at a small company kind of gives you the opportunity to get your hands involved in some different things. So you may be hired in one position, uh, but because it's a small company, you tend to help out in other areas um, as well. Oh, and so you got to get a, get a little bit of different experience in, in different you know, tasks and things like that, uh, mm-hmm. working at small companies. Um, and then the, the last thing that I, that I think that I, that I kind of realized is, you know, in, in having the opportunity to get to know your coworkers on a, on a different level, um, you also get to know, you know, what are their, their strengths and weaknesses. You get to know who's going to come through for you in the clutch and who's going to, you know, going to step out of bounds on accident. You know? <laughs> Most you to, definitely. <laughs> you get to know, you know, who's going who's gonna to come through and who's going to drop the ball. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure you can, you can attest to this, but a lot of times, um, you know, at companies, you get caught up in that, in, in the email conversations, oh right? Oh my gosh, I and, hate and that. It could yeah. be the, the simplest thing, but for whatever reason, you've been emailing back and forth about it for the past hour, right? Um, and small companies, when that happens, you could just get up and go to their office and say, look, man, <laughs> what's going on? What are we, what are we going to do? What's the, what's the decision that we need to make? Um, and you can kind of have that conversation directly with the person, which to me, I think is, is of extreme value. Um, because it's, it's, you know, email can be impersonal. It's kind of like text. You know what I mean? You can't really, you can't really gauge, you know, what kind of emotions are behind, you know, certain things that people are saying. Um, and if they're, you know, really interested, are they're going to help you or they're just, you know, giving you lip service to whatever it is that you may be asking for. 
Uh, but when you sit down in front of a person and you're having that kind of conversation with them, um, you can kind of pick up on their vibes a little bit differently and you understand. You can tell if they're lying is what right. you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can call BS. <laughs> you can absolutely call BS on it um, when you're sitting in front of somebody. So I, I've actually preferred working at, um, working at smaller companies, but I haven't uh, worked at larger companies to have an, a direct experience um, to compare that to. It's only been, you know, from what I've heard from other people who have worked at larger companies. So you're basically saying you'd rather be the big fish in a small pond. Yes, yes. I would rather be the big fish in a small pond. Okay, so you talked about... Can I be the big fish in a big pond? Why not? Uh, yeah, I can do anything I want to do, can. man. Yeah, I, I can mean, do the big fish. Sky's the limit. I just it's haven't gotten no big ponds yet. You know, I'm thinking about swimming in the ocean, though, is what I'm thinking about doing. <laughs> I'm just happy to hear you can swim. Oh. You already know how the perception... Uh, of us being swimmers. I know I can't swim. Hey, so. man, the backstroke. That's my, that's my favorite stroke. <laughs> Go it's back bigger, to really it's bigger, yeah, really better. It's, it's back to bigger, is really better. We stay, let's stay there. So Drew, rather, he'd rather be the big fish in a small pond. So yes, yes. you talked about, you know, I'm going to challenge you here. You talked about a number of the pros in working for a small company. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the cons? Because there's there's a little there's got to be some. Oh, cons, of course. So what? Of course, there's there all you know there's all there's always uh, bad that comes with the good. One so before before I tell you the the, the cons, it, so one of the movies I really like um, is Fences, right? And in the movie, Denzel always talking about you got to you got to take the curves with the straights. You like that movie? I like. That I was lo- like I love the that worst movie. movie. I'm sorry, it was, Denzel. It was a tough movie, I but hated I did that movie. It was so. It was to me. It was so like. It depicted like ordinary life. But they were in so the backyard well. the yeah. whole time. Oh yeah, but they had some great conversations in the backyard. That. They I did. enjoyed that. I, I anyway, anyway, but yes, that's so. So you got to take the good with the bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the one of the bad things with working with small companies is I think a lot of times small companies lack some of the structure um, of big companies. And um, for example, like uh, when you get hired at a small company, right? Um, generally, there's some sort of onboarding process. Oh, I know what you're going <laughs> by which. <laughs> You go through, you know, when you start at any at any company. Uh-huh. At smaller companies, that tends to be a less formal process. Um, and a lot of times, you know, there may be things that maybe, you know, especially coming in as a new person, you don't know what you don't know. And so there may be things that you may be missing that you may need uh, in order to be effective in your job that you just didn't get yet. And that's almost too informal. Yeah. Like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the I mean, onboarding process is like... It, ha- it's, it happens. And, 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 and every small company that I've worked at, that has always been a challenge that we've come up against mm-hmm. um, is, is that onboarding process um, with, with new people like as they get hired. And so from, from my understanding is a lot of times with, with bigger companies... Um, that process is, is, is very formalized and there's certain things that you have to do and papers that you have to sign um, as you're moving into you know, a new position at a new company that really kind of helps accum- acclimate you to that position and, and what you're going to be doing. Um, even, if it, even if it comes to the actual training and, and training under somebody that's already doing your job, um, you know, in, in small companies, there's, there's not many jobs that are just duplicated multiple times. You know what I mean? So, so to find somebody else that's doing the exact same, that same thing that you're going to be doing is, is probably, you know, less likely to happen, especially if we're talking about a company that's only 150, you know, 200 people. And I actually drew, 
I think that's almost like I know there's companies with thousands of thousands of people so mm-hmm. 100 to 250 you know some startups and really small companies will probably think that's medium yeah well I mean I, I definitely think it depends on but it depends is, on the company right yeah um, and then what what the company is doing so you know certain companies it may not take that many people in order to deliver whatever your product or service is um, so it's you know it's kind of open. You know, to, to what and I just consider those to be smaller companies generally because in, in, in those companies, in the companies that I've worked for that have been about that size, um, if 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 more than like two people are out on vacation or sick leave, like <laughs> things can't happen at the company because yeah. these people aren't aren't here and, yeah, and yeah. we need them in order to do. And so to me, like that kind of that's kind of small company lifestyle. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like when, when things happen. It really has an effect on not just that person, it's but it has an effect, effect yeah, yeah. On, on the entire company because it's not like everybody can do what those people do. Yeah, and I, that's true because like you you get those same type of vibes that you're saying, like a couple people are out and then, yeah. oh, well, Debbie only knows how to do this. Like we we'll have mm-hmm. to do this tomorrow. Like right. it is, you get that feeling. So Come that's on, definitely, Debbie, where you at? Debbie, when you coming back? Come on now. But uh, hopefully Debbie doesn't have COVID. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Please, Debbie, Debbie, we're praying for you. We hope you come back. Debbie been out at the Atlanta clubs. Debbie didn't got that COVID. Shaking that thing. (laughs) You better chill out shaking that thing. (laughs) Wear your mask, Debbie. But yeah, for sure. It is that like training is a a big one in small companies. Mm -hmm. You'll go in there and... Like they'll give you like a piece of paper, like safe, say your safety training is mm-hmm. literally just something like you sign some papers and yep. it's like kind of you're nobody really holds your hand. I saying holding a hand, your hand is important, but the way you start out, like yep. that's pretty like pivotal to like how you're going to yeah. like progress, progress in the company and small companies, their onboarding processes for the most part suck. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's definitely a challenge. They're lacking. It's definitely a challenge. And um, so I guess my feedback. So I've worked. Drew say he's worked for. He's basically saying smaller is better. I'm the, I'm the small company guy. You he's know a saying? small I'm, company guy. I'm the guy. small company guy for now. Um, and I don't have a preference honestly. So I've worked for both, and I can say that I've 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 experienced the pros and cons. So my very first company that I worked for, I was like a consultant in the company. My okay. first engineering role. Okay. And it was a really small company. So I want to say it was maybe. 50 people okay. in the office or okay. less, but mostly everybody travels. So you could go into the office, maybe it may be 10 people there at right. one given time. Yeah. And so what I liked about that, it was just like, you know, everybody was really personable. Mm-hmm. Like it mm-hmm. just felt like you were going home. Like you're it's just a very like, home. That is, that's very true. There's a, always a very homey <laughs> type of feeling in, in small companies. It feels like so much. It feels like at home. And then, um, it's just like you kind of like Drew was saying, you feel like you can walk to somebody's desk. You don't have to send an email like, hey, you're just basically six feet away from me. Mm-hmm. Like I can just walk over to your desk. I don't need to send an email. Mm-hmm. So those are nice things about small companies. And I, I do like those. Um, I think the only kind that I'll say is pretty much training. Like yeah. I, I would say that's the biggest thing because I could do well in a small company i would be okay in a small company i should say and i was fine in a bigger company Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the positives about a a bigger company so i worked um with a company that was actually really really big several locations yeah 
Yeah, so I was the <laughs> small fish in a sea of water there. Okay. And what I wasn't used to, because I worked for a lot of small companies up until working for this company, is the training blew me away. Yeah. Like it was different groups of people from all diff- all the different sectors of business that came in to orientation. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what? The food we had was good. I'm sorry. I like uh, I I can dig a little bit of free stuff, hey, but the nothing food. Nothing wrong with that. We had some like yeah, amazing. Hey, you, you, if food. you're not, if you're hungry, it's hard. It's hard to focus on your work. I, I'm I'm a firm believer in this. And I don't know about you. So your company, I wouldn't really say it as super small, but some super small companies like they manage a tight budget and they're kind of cheap mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. So it's same with Japanese companies. So it, it can be culture culture driven too. Okay. Uh, listeners, if you work for any company that's just hella cheap please reach out to us because like this is kind of a sidebar but i work for a japanese company that's very well known and they're a big company mm-hmm. but man they were cheap like i yeah. mean accent for like can you buy like cheap is there any cheaper uh pens or like i mean i'm serious they're they're yeah. really uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're really frugal yeah but bigger companies training is awesome a kind of a bigger company that i remember is there's a meeting for everything. Mm-hmm. Like literally, yeah. you're in and out of meetings to the point where you're like, I'm not going to have time to get no work done. I've yeah. just been in and out of yeah. meetings all day. Let me let me ask you this. So this is, and this is, I, I, I'm asking this question specifically because I feel like it's a challenge at smaller companies, but I think it, like in a bigger company, it would only become more challenging, right? So when it comes to actually like making decisions that multiple departments have to agree on <gasps> mm-hmm. right like for small companies i think it's it's difficult because everybody you know everybody wants to represent themselves in the in the best way that possible in the best way possible and, and in a lot of ways you know there's some you know kind of competition between departments about who's doing better or, you know all yeah. these types of things mm-hmm. um and so i can only imagine like with a team of you know with a company that only has you know five departments and there's only five people <laughs> that need to come to that decision, you know, there's some challenges there, but you can work through it. But at a larger company where there's multiple dep- multiple people in many more departments that have to come together to to make a decision to move forward, it just it sounds like that would be more challenging just for the simple fact that there's more people involved with with making the decision. Yeah, it, it definitely is, and this is speaking from like being a quality manager in my last corporate job, mm-hmm. I had to work with several different teams to like move projects forward. Yep. And like having a bunch of decision makers in a room, everybody has an opinion yep. of how something should go. Yeah. Everyone thinks that they are like, they're the expert yeah. on what you're Everybody's talking Everybody's got about. the right decision. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> feels like they had the right answer. So it definitely is harder to come to a decision for just about anything when mm-hmm. you have like mm-hmm. so many more people trying to feel like that they're the ones that they, they they're the end all be all to to that yeah the whole situation so i agree with that it, it is it, it becomes difficult um it becomes difficult you're bringing me back to some trauma of corporate <laughs> america actually <laughs> so is there is there anything that that you would add for for people who may be in those situations or are sitting in those meetings um, you know, that can either help meetings go smoother um, or um, help uh, help people to come to, to decisions, you know, better. I, I don't. So one of the things that I, that I always notice in, in any group of people, when people come together, um, you know, there's certain people that tend to kind of rise to the rise to the top or the head of that group to kind of 
run the meeting. So mm-hmm. it, it could be that there's a you know, particular senior professional that's in the meeting that's, that's actually, you know, he's been designated to run the meeting. But if, even if everybody is, is at the same level, you know, when they come together to meet, there's, there's certain people that are going to kind of rise up a little bit to kind of run the meeting, so to speak, so that it's just not everybody, you know, trying to talk at the same time. Yeah, honestly, I would say you want to, if you can have a meeting and you have like different employees there, but they have their, their managers, they're not there. Mm-hmm. Like if, if decision makers kind of have to be in the room for, for, to get anything done. Yeah. So like yeah. if you have, let's just say quality engineer, you're in a meeting um, with some managers, you get a, somebody delegates you a responsibility. Sure. If your manager doesn't has no idea about what they're telling you to do. Yeah. Then I'm gonna tell you right there, you've already hit a wall. Mm-hmm. So like, it's it's really important in those type of meetings to have people that can actually make decisions. The decision in there. decision makers got to be in the room. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Absolutely. And then I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but there's this. There's something called a racy, like a racy and not, not racist. R R A. Be very clear. Take us back a couple episodes. R A C I. And I wish I remember what every acronym stands for, but I remember the R and racy means responsible. Okay. And so all of those different uh, letters, basically, you can put a person in a category to say how they should be informed of or what role that they have in a project. Yeah. So using a racy, which helps you to say like, hey... You just the I R is responsible. I remember the I. I means inform. Okay. So if someone's okay. responsible, obviously, like you're gonna be the one that's like you should be don't you should actually be the right. implementer or yeah. you know, you're putting hands on a project. Inform, you just need to know. You might just be their manager, but you yeah. gotta be in the loop. Mm-hmm. So if you have something like that, it definitely does help because everybody's uh accountable and then most importantly, meeting notes. You yes. gotta have those meeting notes. Yes. You gotta send them out so yes. nobody would be acting funny. Like she didn't, she didn't tell me that. Like yeah. we didn't talk about that in the meeting. Oh, people love that. <laughs> they people, love, people love that, huh? They love what? that. You asked me to do what? They love to get amnesia after meetings. Like they have no idea like what you were talking about. Yeah, I think I've even gotten amnesia before, so it's not. You, you know. get you get amnesia all the time, Drew, with it, it me. Happens. So I already you know, know how it has it to be happens, at work. You know, don't judge me. I'm a real person. I'm a real boy. You're a real boy. You're a, a real uh, big fish in a small pond. So let me. I have one more question. One more question that I wanted to ask ask you because I think that one of the biggest things that I find beneficial, especially when it comes to meetings. Um, mm-hmm is knowing what the meeting structure is going to be going into the meeting. I know what Agenda. we're going to talk about. Yes. I know what problems we're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and not only that, at the end of the meeting, there's always a recap to make sure that, just like you're talking about with that racy, that everybody knows mm-hmm. what they're supposed to do when they leave this meeting. There's been, there's been so many times um, in my corporate career where I'll, we'll bring people together, we'll have a meeting, Meeting was great. And then I get back to my desk and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Like, like from the decision that we just came to. Like, and, and so most of the time, because of that, I just work on the, same, the, the stuff that I had already had, you know, had to do to work on. Um, but a lot of times, like I, if, if before we leave the meeting, like everybody goes around or somebody goes around and it's like, all right, you're supposed to be doing this. You're supposed to be doing that. Whatever, you know, whatever tasks have been assigned it's reviewed, then I'm like, okay, I, now I know. I, yeah. I remember or whatever. And I can make sure that I've noted it down or whatever, or whatever I need to do to make sure that I'm moving forward correctly. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, that's important that end that end that end recap because at the end of meetings, I think this is for anybody. For me, it's like you're going in a circle the whole meeting. Like sometimes yes. you go in zigzag yes. to even get to like the final, you know, decision or conclusion. So at the end of the meeting, you're like exhausted. Yeah. Like what, oh, yeah. what what did we accomplish here? Did we accomplish anything? So that recap before you walk out of the meeting is ideal and saying, Hey, I'm gonna send out the meeting notes yeah. like of the recap. And then also something else I didn't think about. It kind of goes along with the racy, but like a project management tool where you're able to look and see like, okay, mm-hmm. Drew, this is what you're supposed to be doing for the project. Tori, this is what you're supposed to be doing with the project. We can make notes if we're off track, but mm-hmm. we can all see like we get notifications. I'm I'm the type of worker that likes to work like that. So. Yeah, I'm. I yeah, that's I re- so I read a book. Um, called crucial accountability, and you always reading books. I'm always good. reading books. That's my that's my go to <laughs> method of education, right? Um, and it and it talked a lot about about you know making sure like when tasks are assigned with people and and even what the follow up process is supposed to be like mm-hmm. after task has been assigned and people have gone to to work on it. Um, I'm sh- I'm sure you and and others out there have been in that situation where you've made an agreement with somebody. You guys are both on the same page. They, everybody goes off to do their work when the date comes where it's supposed to be delivered and it's not ready. And you're kind of like, well, like what's going on? Because the last conversation that we had, we were both in agreement of what was supposed to happen and when it was supposed to happen. Or even, you know, a lot of times people don't set due dates for stuff. And so oh, it's just yeah, like, let's let's do this. And it's like, OK, great. When are we going to do it? Right. Like, yeah, like if if you don't. Yeah. If if it if dates haven't been assigned to things, then it's kind of one of those things that's just floating out in the air. And, you know, everybody is busy. So it's not like, you know, people are just looking for other things to do, (laughs) you know, most of the time throughout the day. So if you haven't assigned it a priority, you haven't assigned it a due date and things like that, um, making sure that that's, you know, that's included as a part of the assignment of the task. Yeah. Agree. Now. I have another question about small companies. So yes. I just thought of this. Yes. Smaller companies, employees usually wear multiple hats. So have you mm-hmm. experienced this? I, I, is there any, how do you feel like if you're in a smaller company and you're doing a lot of different things? Like, does that, is that something that bothers you or throws you off? What's your thoughts on that? So for, for me, like, I mean, give me all the hats. Like, honestly, like, I, I'll just, I want to understand, like, I really want to understand process from start to finish, mm-hmm. right? So I may not, I may not necessarily be a salesperson, but I want to know, like, how the sales team operates. And, and my whole, my whole thought behind this is, like, when I, when I sit down to do my, my quality manager stuff to review the system, mm-hmm. well, I want to know what the sales guys are telling the customers, so that I know what to look for, like on the system, because this is what the customer's expectations are going to be when it gets delivered. And so I, I, I'm not directly involved with that process, but I want to understand it. I want to know what's the type of language that they're using, like when they do their presentations so that we can all kind of be in alignment when the final products gets gets done. I, I can I can only imagine just from a, a customer perspective. And I'm sure, you know, you and, and many others have had this experience with with somebody that you've worked with where you've, you know, not even necessarily like you're the you're the company that's delivering a product, but something that you've bought mm-hmm. and you were told one thing. And then when you got it, it does something else. And then when you call customer service, they have no clue what either one of the your things you're, you know, that you're talking about. Right. And you're like, well, what, yeah. like, what's going on here? Like, yep, do you guys work for the same company or not? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, 
And so, and so like in, in that sense, like for me, that's part of the benefit of being at the, at a small company is that a small company, it's easy to understand, not necessarily easy to understand that full process, but it's a much smaller process to understand in a small company than it is at a big company, big company. And, and from my understanding, especially at big companies, a lot of times, you know, because people are kind of, uh, I guess, protective or prideful, like of they their are. departments, mm-hmm. they don't want other people from other departments asking them questions about what they do in their department. You know what I'm saying? Stay in, stay in your place, stay on your side. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that, that sort of thing. And so, so for me, like at small companies, like that wearing of multiple hats is a benefit because it helps me understand the full process of, of you know, from, from the sale of the product all the way to the delivery and the support of the product. And, I, and for me, like, I like to understand that whole process because I feel like now I know exactly where I fit into this process and how everything that I does not only affects me, but affects all the other teams that are either before or after me as well. Yeah, and I've spoken like a true engineer. I might say you sound like an IE because <laughs> from an industrial engineer standpoint, we usually like to know the whole process from yeah. beginning to end. Like, I feel like... Don't put me in that imaginary engineer category, man. Oh, you're Don't. really going to try to play? You're going to try to play? I'm like just that? kidding. I'm just kidding. I love, I love y'all. I love y'all. IEs out there. I love y'all. Y'all are my we're, favorite kind of people. Yeah, we're some of the smartest We're some of the smartest engineers out there, Drew. I, I, imaginary is not a bad thing. I mean, I think creativity lives in your imagination. And so, you know, being creative as an engineer is... <laughs> Am I backing myself into a corner? You're backing yourself okay. in a right. corner. Right. I'm going to just leave it there. I think y'all are great. I'll leave it there. <laughs> Imaginary engineer. But yeah, so exactly. I, you, made, you made me lose my, my, thought, my thought process my by trying to insult my, my people. But yeah, I, well, what I was going to say. So now I get what I was going to say. Bring us back. But bigger companies, a lot of times they have different factions. Like it's different groups or different sectors sectors or segments of the company right where it's like literally like you it's almost like you have to have the secret code or know yeah. somebody in that group you don't like, cross hey, that line like, like yeah i know i know i know jennifer let me i'll go talk to her like mm-hmm. let me go talk to jennifer mm-hmm. i'll handle their group and i, I don't really like that because yeah. it's like you are you're stepping on toes just to try to get an answer right. or get a response right i don't i don't want to feel limited about working together because to, to me like in essence, like the idea of a company is people working together to achieve some goal. Mm-hmm. And if we've created these lines that can't be crossed for people to work together, to me, that seems counterproductive to the to the overall goal. Like I understand there's there's reasons for it. And there's, you know, there, there's science and research about how things are supposed to work. But like we're, we're all people. And like in order for us to, to be successful, I think working together is, is key to that. And I just I don't I'm not a fan of of creating like silos or creating yeah, separation between between groups that have to work together in order to achieve like the goal. But you're only allowed to work together like in this way. It's just yeah, yeah. to me that that just overcomplicates things. And silos. I really I don't know. I thinking about factions, I was thinking about a movie I watched in Netflix. Mm-hmm. So I definitely could have used that wrong that word wrong. Uh-huh. But silos is what I meant to use. What was the movie? Um Oh my God, Drew, you you made got me you. forget. I got you. She but, gave me a blank stare, y'all. You know how when your eyes just gloss over and you'd be like, because it was such a good movie, but it was about like a group of people that go into the future to like save the world from what's to come. Mm-hmm. Like it's a really good movie. It's right. a really good movie. Think on it. Bring it back to us later. Uh, it's gonna back come to back to me. So another question I, I have about uh, larger companies. 
So why do you think people seek? Why do you think people seek out larger companies to start out with? Because you, you notice no one ever really said no one ever says they're applying for a company you never heard of like out of college. Mm-hmm. Like bigger companies are like, oh, I'm applying to Google. I'm applying to Procter and Gamble. Right. Nobody, you never hear anybody talk about like I'm applying here. And then you're like, what is that? So what do you think about that? So I think I mean I and I think that this is this is traditional like of of people as they they hear and they see the big name and they want to be attached to it, right? And you know there's a there's a level of I think I think there's a level of pride that kind of comes with saying like oh I work for you know this big company and like people kind of want to be able to hang their hats on that. It doesn't even doesn't even necessarily matter what your position is like at this big company, but the fact that you can say you work for this big company, like, I think in a lot of ways, like, you know, almost brings you a level of accomplishment because you're yeah. at this particular big company. And, and I'm not, I'm certainly not here to say that it, that it shouldn't mean anything for you. Like, you know, like they're, they're big companies for a reason, right? <laughs> so I'm not, I'm certainly not saying that, that, you know, that you shouldn't feel that way. Uh, but I think that the, the, the most important thing is, is, you know how how you feel about the company if you believe in the company and 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 um you know what that company stands for matches like what your values are um i was reading an article recently um that talked about how important um vision was um for companies that people want to go work for mm-hmm. and it's and when i think about that it's not even it's not even so much whether it's a big company or a small company um but the vision that the, that the company has, right? And so I, I use Tesla for an example, right? Okay. So, or not Tesla, SpaceX, um, whatever, same owner, you know what I'm saying? SpaceX. <laughs> same okay. owner. But SpaceX, essentially, all it is, is a company that can move goods from here to another place. Point A to point B. From point A to point B. Like, mm-hmm. transportation company does not sound like an exciting company to go work for, right? Like, people aren't just lining up to go work for transportation or delivery type of company logistics is Logist- very boring right right yeah. like it's just it's not a it's not something that people would typically say oh yeah i want to go do that you know what i'm saying but the vision that they have at spacex makes it one of the most popular companies that people want to go work for and it's not so much because of the the the, the work that they're doing but it's where they're building towards where they're trying to go because even though that's what it is today they have dreams and goals to actually create a community like on mars or whatever it's mm-hmm. to do other things and so people buy into that vision and then really put themselves like into the work because of that belief like in that vision this is something that we can do this is something that we can create so yeah. even like even like for smaller companies and and people who are who are running smaller companies or even if you're just in a management position or regular like every day in your life like i think having vision about your future or the future of your position or the future of your company um i think that's important because it 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 gives you that thing that's out there in front of you that you can that you can look forward to like when you right, when you don't have anything to in the in the future like to to believe in i think it makes life today very very hard and then uh just piggybacking off of that so I will. I want to say to all the people that you know see the notoriety and reputation. Yeah. Um, and some people downplay smaller companies, but just remember, 
every big company started out small. Oh yeah. So just remember, like if you are with the the Googles, it didn't it. It grew. That's mm-hmm. with any business. That's mm-hmm. with my business. Like businesses, they may start off as small businesses, but you have to look at the potential they have. And then like Drew said, like their vision. So if you're a company, that, I mean, if you're a person that's like, you know what? I really want to work with a big company, mm-hmm. but you may not get a job with the, like some of the bigger companies. Just kind of think of the vision and where the company's going. So just imagine how it would feel to come up in the beginning of a startup and yeah. just see them blossom. Yeah. Like to me, yeah. that's like amazing. Like yeah. that would be- I, I know that's that's one of the things that I think about like with with working with small companies. Like a part of my excitement about that is like what if I can be a part of what helps this small company become the next Google or the next you know, Microsoft or the next SpaceX or any of these like large popular companies. Like if I can be a something that I did was a part of that process to initiate that growth. Like imagine how that looks on your resume. You know what I mean? Like that's 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 way better than like just going to one of those companies and And performing. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's good. But to me, it's like I like I, I helped to do this. So when I go to another company, not only do they know am I capable of sustaining that level of success, I'm also capable of creating it. Exactly. And to me, like, that's that's the key. Like, the fact that I helped to create it, that's because everybody wants to be a big company, but, like, not everybody is a big company. So having somebody that, that knows how to go from something small to something big, I think, is, is powerful. Agree. And just kind of the last point I want to make, so you made me think about this, like, mm-hmm. the conclusion that I have for this it may really behoove like you know a person like a college graduate that's starting out to really start to seek out smaller companies because you really have the opportunity to wear multiple hats yep. which means you're going to learn more you have more for your resume and then just make a bigger impact a lot of times smaller companies aren't going to like limit you they're not going to put mm-hmm. you on training wheels they're just going to kind of let you go and hope that you really accomplish something for their business and they're not going to like you know just hold you in a little box for the most part so i just want to encourage a lot of people because i know even conversations i have with my sister it's about like the bigger companies hey i want to apply to this one or hey have you heard of this company but i'm just like no i haven't but that doesn't mean anything right 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 right. i mean i i 100 i 100 agree especially coming out of college and getting your experience smaller companies are going to allow you to get more experience um, on on different tasks that I think that you'll be lacking if you if you go to a bigger company, and I think that it's that experience that you gain. And I think as an engineer, like being a problem solver, you know, to me it's exciting to be in a situation that that almost looks a little bit dire. You know what I mean? Like it's a little like oh, I don't know if this is going to work, but like. To me, like that's engineering. You know what I mean? Like you, you put stuff yeah. together and you're like, I mean, mathematically, it looks like it should work, but I don't know if this is actually going to work. And you go through that process of, mm-hmm. of failing and redoing and failing and redoing until you produce something that works. And to me, like that's, that's what you do at small companies. Like a lot of the stuff they do like doesn't work. The policies that they have in place aren't effective. Like people don't follow them. There's all of these things that come up that that seemingly don't work well like a well-oiled machine but it's that experience of those things that i think leads you like into you know bigger positions and being able to take on more responsibility and how to handle issues that could come up at a at a bigger company if you move on to a bigger company later on 
Yeah, 100%. I think we can both agree that bigger is not always better. Not always better. All right, Drew. Now that we've finally reached our conclusion that bigger is not always better. Wrap it up. First you yeah, you see, I, I, had, I had set y'all up for the okie doke because <laughs> you thought I was going to say bigger is absolutely better. Um, but not, not always the case, but I do, I do have a joke. I want to, I want to ask you a question if you don't mind. Oh gosh. What is it? Okay. 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 So, you know, me being such a strapping young man. <laughs> oh God. Now we right? got a joke segment. Yes. So, uh, what's the largest organ on my body? I don't know that. Don't be asking me like I'm well, You can think know. about it for a minute. What's the large largest? It's my skin. It's my skin. I'm going to tell you the oh. answer now. I didn't want oh your head to gosh, go to the wrong place. This oh is an engineering God. podcast, okay? <laughs> Keep on the topic. Keep on the topic. Well, I'm glad to know that it sounds like you perform well in health or whatever class that they taught you in that, that end. I did okay. I promise I didn't know that. I, didn't I did even, okay, yep. I don't think of skin as an organ. At the very least, I remember that part. And probably because your mind went somewhere else when they said the <laughs> We're not talking world. about what where my mind was. We're talking about the answer to the question, which is the epidermis. The epidermis. Wow. You, you're actually technical using term. a technical, technical term. term. I thought about being a doctor. Did you? No, I didn't. Oh, my gosh. Drew. I did, actually. but <laughs> So, funny story. I did want to be a doctor, not a medical doctor. I just wanted to get a Ph.D., and my, my only my only reasoning for this, still, yeah, and I'm I'm still thinking about it. But my only reasoning for it is because I want people to call me doctor. I, I kind of think that's a bad reason to Doctor Drewski. Uh, I mean, it sounds good, right? It I sounds like good. It. It's got a little a little bit of a ring to it. Maybe you know with this podcast, maybe they'll give us honorary doctorates. And I'll take you'll it. You'll be Doctor Drewski. T- if anybody wants to give me an honorary doctorate, hit me up. I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'm open. I'm open to this. As we start working with colleges, you guys, please just if you guys could give us an honorary doctorate, because you know, I'm telling you, I'm not doing no more help school. Help me. I am done with school. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we have a engineer ask engineerish question that okay. I can't wait for you to answer. I'm excited about this from a listener. Okay. That is curious on what we think, and and, and this segment what you think because it's your turn to answer the question all right put me on ready put me on i am a senior in my electrical engineering bachelor's program at my university Mm -hmm. you're biased so i am thinking of seeking employment post-graduation that would permit me to begin training to obtain licensure in engineering okay so when seeking contractual employment towards this goal in industry what are major red flags that you would rec- recommend that I keep in mind before signing employment contracts and mm-hmm. NDAs with the company? A toxic work culture, for example. Mm-hmm. What would be things that a fresh college graduate would never think to avoid due to the lack of experience? Yes, I know. There are a lot of questions inside of this intended <laughs> single question. Yes. And yes, it is because hard, it's hard for me to breathe. Uh, let me take a break. But I intended <laughs> those to serve as clarification. Thank you for your time and consideration. I know that was a long one, so if you need, hey, your- no, 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 I like, I like that. I think it's, I mean, I think it's a very loaded question, um, <laughs> a very loaded question. But I'll, I'll do my best to to answer it completely um, as possible. And um, so, so the first thing that, I, and I think that this is this is extremely important is is I think you want to take some time to think about you know your long term goals, mm-hmm. right? Um, and if you're interested in getting a professional engineer's license, 
um, I think you should know why. You know, what, what, are you, what are you planning to do with that professional engineer's license mm-hmm. that you wouldn't be able to do without it? And, and why is whatever that is, like, why is that important to you? And I think that's important to know because, uh, especially if you're, if you're just talking about, well, I want to make more money, mm-hmm. getting a professional engineer's license is not always the only way to go or even the best way to go. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's what your goal is, is just to make, make more money. Um, so I think that understanding, you know, your long term goals and why those long term goals are important for you um, is is the first place to start. Uh, secondly, uh, when you're actually talking to companies and, and you are trying to decide, like, if this is a company that I want to work at or that I'm interested in um, and you're and you are cons- this is something that you're considering, um, meaning something that you're considering, meaning getting a professional license, um, then I think you should have that conversation with the company about you know, if they're willing to participate in helping to pay for your education for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Some companies will be, you know, will be on board for that. Some companies won't be on board for that. Either way, it doesn't doesn't necessarily change your decision on if you want to do it or not. But I think it's good to know, like going into it, um, if they're going to help out on that level. Um, so so red flags when it comes to things like this. And this is generally with any company that's going to pay for you to, to do some kind of learning for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times that comes with some sort of stipulations. Yeah. And so this is, I think, where it's very important to make sure that you read whatever. The, seriously, like read the contract that they give you specifically about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll give you a, a practical example. When I started working at um, at my current company. Um, I took a class to learn how to uh, to learn learn how to use Linux, right? So somebody from from Red Hat came in and actually did like a training for the company, mm-hmm. right? But in order for me to take this class, I had to sign something with my company to say that I was going to work at the company for at least two years oh, after okay. taking this class, or I had to pay the company what they paid to Red Hat for the class for the teacher to come in, right? I I had already committed in my mind to working for at least two years for this company, so I no problem, cool, right. sign it, you know, give me the training. Mm-hmm. Um, but that may not be everybody's path, you know. what I'm saying other people may have other aspirations; they may not necessarily be planning to work for a company for that long, or they may not be comfortable with making a plan, you know, to work for a company for that long. They want to keep their options open so that if after a year, you know, they want to change, they're able they're able to do that. Yeah, good um, point. Right. So so. So I think that, you know, kind of making sure that you read the details about whatever whatever the stipulations are for a company to pay for your training. I think you should read those and make sure you understand what those are before you before you sign anything. And again, it's always going to come down to to your choice. You can always decide to take the class. And then if you decide to leave, you can pay the money. You know, what I'm saying that it that the company paid Mm -hmm. um, for the class like you can always do that. But I think as long as you're planning ahead and you're thinking about these things, these things going into the decision, um, then I then I think that you'll be okay. Uh, and especially this is I think this one is is also important when it comes to NDAs or, or non disclosure agreements. Um, again, I think thinking long term about what you want to do and and how you want to grow as an individual and in your career. Um, I think that's that's important because if you have you know interest of going into entrepreneurship and you're wanting to learn some things from this company and then utilize those things to create your own business, you know, maybe signing an NDA is not something that that you want to do. You have to be careful about these things. And again, just reading the details um, of these types of agreements to understand what's possible and what's not possible. 
And if you're not sure, like, that's what the HR department is there for, like, ask your questions. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, don't, don't be afraid. Um, don't be afraid to ask your questions. Don't feel like you're being forced to, to sign something that you're not ready to sign. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's, it's vastly important to think about your future and what you want to do. And if it's not in line with, with where you want to go, then, then I think I would advise against it. But if, but if it is, Go for it and, and don't look back, man. Put put your heart into it and, and, and go hard at it. If you change your mind later on, you're just going to have to come out them pockets. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're going to have to come out them dollars, um, which is, I mean, it's, it's a possibility, right? Like, it, that's not necessarily happens, yeah. a bad decision. Like, you could, mm-hmm. you could very easily put a little bit out of your check away so that at that time, if you wanted to leave, you've already got the money put away, like, to pay whatever back you need to pay back. Um, but that's why I say think about it beforehand so that you have an idea about those things so that you can properly prepare for, you know, where, where you want to go in your life. So that's that's my thoughts on, on kind of how to approach that situation and kind of think through that. Um, was there anything that you wanted to wanted to add on that or, or was there any other feedback you think that, that I should have included? Um, well, so I agree with everything you said and definitely like a person like me, I kind of have commitment issues. So when <laughs> someone tells me I have to be somewhere for two years, yeah. like I think two years is a long, it's a long time. That's a long time. Yeah. And I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, you just don't know. So me personally, it, it's hard for me to commit to that, but you always have to have a plan. Like Drew was saying, you have to have a backup plan because things do change. So yeah, absolutely. just just say like you were to sign the NDA and you were to leave, make sure you have that money like set aside just in case, mm-hmm. you know, just to be able to pay it. Like I would just will have to be comfortable with that if I, uh, you know, sign something for two years. And then I know she mentioned something about a toxic work culture. Yep. Now, yeah. de- most definitely, like I'm not willing to put myself in any situation that's going to jeopardize my health, being stressed out yep. in order yep. for a company to to pay for something. Right. So definitely t- like a toxic work culture, you want to be able to look for red flags mm-hmm. before, like if you're already having problems on a job and they're like, hey, you know what? We'll pay for this if you stay here two years because maybe they're like, you know what? We're trying to get her to stay here. She knows it's toxic as hell yeah. here. Yeah. So this is like one of our ways to get her to stay. Yeah. Like don't. And companies do that all the time. Like that's not <laughs> yeah. a that's not a, a odd situation to that find yourself into. That was very common to get somebody to sign a contract. So don't fall for the bait. Like that's not. You have to ask yourself. In the end, is it worth it? Like yeah. you know, whatever you're gonna sign your life away for, is it worth it? So that's. That's the only thing I have to it's, say to that. It's funny you you mentioned you finished that with if it's worth it because so a conversation that I've been having um, recently is that every everything costs something. For sure. The, the question is, are you willing to pay the price? Yeah, yeah. Every everything costs something. It could be your time. It could be your money. It could be your health, your well being, your relationships. Could be it could, could be anything, but it's going to cost you something. Are you willing to pay for it? Is it if it is it worth it? If it's worth it, then go for it. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, that's the question. Do is it. it worth it? Absolutely. But if if it's not, if it doesn't line up with your values, if it, if you feel like the cost is not worth the gain, leave it alone and move on, man. Like, I feel like you just drop inspo right now. I here. mean, it's you too know early how, for that. It's too early for that. You know how that. deep that is? <laughs> Asking yourself, is it worth it before you put yourself in any situation? Is it worth that it? is yeah. really like actually a really, really good question. So hopefully. You ask yourself, is is it worth it? And you let us know. Let us know what you decided to do 
Um, and just be very mindful of the the end result. So just think yeah. it all the way through before you make your final Absolutely. decision. I can't I can't wait to hear about it. I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. So that was a good email. Thank you again for sharing. Uh, thank you. Moving and skipping along to our segment of Awkward AF, oh where we boy. know life is full of awkward you know AF moments. And so in this segment, we have a list of awkward scenarios that are generated by a random number selector. We put ourselves in a situation and let you know what we would do. So if you can relate or have experienced anything similar, write into us and let us know because we love to hear how you handled it. We want to hear about your weirdness too. <laughs> weirdos weirdos <laughs> all right so so i think it's, it's my turn to to ask the question for hashtag awkward af hashtag um so i i, I got i gotta i gotta let me let me get my number selector together you know what i'm saying and so question for today is right this is this is the situation so, Tori, you know, you blew up on somebody. You, I'm talking about you snap. You lost it. Whatever it was, you, you lost it one day, <laughs> right? And it's somebody that you're close to, okay? Uh -huh. okay. Um, could be a coworker, could be a close friend, family member, anybody that you're, that you're close to, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you're about to see this person for the first time post this, this blow up, right? What do you do? How do you, how do you handle this? Man, so I'm gonna have to ask you: Is this like a physical altercation? No, okay, okay. Say, no, yeah, nobody was hurting or harmed physically <laughs> during the altercation. Okay, it was just, you know, words were exchanged. There was, there was a disagreement out. of sorts. Yeah, okay. and there was there there was some <laughs> some harsh words exchanged that maybe you didn't you know feel particularly good about um, afterwards. Um. You know what? This has happened before where there's like a disagreement and mm -hmm. I had to see a person again. And I can uh -huh. tell you, it is mad awkward. <laughs> so this is, thank you for putting me back in this situation again. You're very welcome. You know, I, I sometimes I enjoy it a little bit. So, so feel, feel free. Let us know. What's up? So I'm thinking, like, what I do if I know I'm going to see them. So, well, there's two different things that could happen. Number okay. one, I know I'm going to see them or I just happen to bump into them. Mm, okay. So if I if I know I'm going to see the person and especially if, it, if it's in a professional setting, uh -huh. most likely I, I would like send a message or probably a text message and just you know, let them know that, hey, like, I, I don't want this to be anything that is going to like get in the way of like, you know, our business relationship. So that's, yeah. that's yeah. in a professional, um, you know, in a professional atmosphere. Okay. Now, when All it right. comes to friendships and i still have a lot of growing to do so i'm just gonna let me preface by saying we all do I'm, we all do it's all you're in good company it's all good so in a case where you know i i know i'm gonna like run into or somebody's gonna be there maybe that we had a like a falling out i said some things that i may or may not regret uh-huh i probably <laughs> i would avoid them to be honest yeah. like i would just act like they weren't there Okay. Like the good old silent treatment. Like, yeah. you know how that is sometimes. Oh, oh, trust me. I, I used to be a king of the, the silent treatment. I used to be very good at this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the pettiness. But, you know, we all have some growing. And hopefully, 
within the year of 2021, I, I'll be able to see some progress in those areas. You got it, man. It's already, it's already done. I can, I can already <laughs> feel it. I can it's already, already feel done. It. Thank yeah. you for the manifestation, Drew. I, yeah. I got awesome. a, I got a question. I got a question for you though. Um, so how do you, like, how do you feel about apologizing? Right. So say, you know, that we're, we're talking about this, this awkward situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Let's just say, for instance, in this in this particular case, like you were the one at fault, like you messed up. <laughs> How do you feel about like apologizing? Like when, you know, even though it you know, <laughs> it may have been warranted in a certain way, you know, for you to respond that way. Um, still, it probably wasn't the best decision, you know, to, to do so. And so now you're kind of in a place where like, ah, ah, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm I probably should apologize. Wrong. I should probably do that. How do, how do you feel about that? Now, I really don't mind apologizing. Like, I don't know why, but I feel like there's something about a person that makes like it's like the vulnerability and apology to me that I kind of like it in a way. Okay, because it, it allows you to have a conversation with that person. But I would say like pride gets in a way if Mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. like we were both like, you know, we both had like some choice words and. I, I just, you know, found out that I was wrong and then I had to be the one to apologize. Like, yeah, that some pride does get in the way there, but I don't mind apologizing. I don't. That's want, dope. I don't See, I, look at look at you. That's growth already. What you talking about, girl? See, you already you already on your way. That's what I'm, I'm talking I'm, about. I'm, I'm already there. <laughs> but let me let me hit you with this, you know, a little little from from my own point of view. Um, I feel like I need to apologize to you and I want to do it in a public forum. Okay. So okay. I'm, I'm not right. always, I'm not always here. the best, the best teammate. I'm not always the best partner. I have my shortcomings too. We so I do. want to say sorry and apologize to you, Tori, for my shortcomings and, and us working together. Um, because I, I really do enjoy the time that we get to spend together and I love what we're doing. And so, you know, we were talking about apologies and I just said, Hey, you know, let's, let's go ahead and do it <laughs> for the world to hear. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's much deeper when you when you're saying it to a whole audience, like literally people not only in this state of Georgia is uh-huh. hearing this. It's not just between the airways that are between us on Zoom, but it's people in other countries like we have listeners and I saw Jamaica, Ireland, trying to Mexico, grow this thing, man. <laughs> India, like so other people are hearing this around the world. Thank you, Drew, for your universal apology. Like I, I, got I, you, I accept I got it you. wholeheartedly. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to step out, step, step outside of my comfort zone. Appreciate you. Apology <laughs> accepted. <laughs> OK. All right. So uh, what else? What else? Uh, so what else I we think- got for the people today? I, we we're we're st- we're stepping in after this uh beautiful apology that Drew gave me. We're getting into engineering education and what? Education. So wait, do you have? Edu- no, you don't have engineering education. I have engineering education, you, right? You want me to do? You you I, I mean you I could. Want, you I, I'm gonna be. Well, let me. Since I mean we're already on this on this uh this honesty this honesty trip. So let me make sure that I'm that I'm honest with you. I have nothing for engineering education, so so I would appreciate I got it. You, you I got, got something you. for us? Okay, yeah, well, yeah. If, if, if you go, if you go and give us the the engineering education, at least allow me to do the honors of of introducing you for this segment of engineering <laughs> education. Can I do that? <laughs> go ahead, introduce me, Drew. Oh, I'm excited about this, ladies and gentlemen. 
Uh, coming to the stage, we have a, a beautiful, beautiful young woman uh, by the name of Tori, hailing to us all the way from Ohio, um, currently residing in Atlanta. But she, she's going to deliver us some education to help add some value you know, to you guys' life. And, and everybody, just, just give her applause. Bring, bring to the stage Tori. Come on now. Come on, Tori. All right. Thank you so much for that, that very kind and warm welcome, Andrew. So for this week's engineering education, I read an article in Glassdoor by Heather Human, And I I just want to say that this has this really fits into the scope of what we've been talking about, bigger versus smaller companies. Mm -hmm. And just we pretty much concluded that bigger is definitely not always better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Apple, Google, and Walt Disney rank as the top companies undergraduates believe to be their ideal employers. Mm -hmm. So can you believe that? Those bigger companies that a lot of people uh, talk about, they they feel that they're ideal employers. Yeah. I mean, it's not that... uh... It's not that shocking, you know, the the big the big shiny name out there, you know what I mean? It's it's I everybody talks about the Google campus and and what it's like to to be over there. So, you know, I, I hear good things. So, it's not it's not too surprising. Right. And I can speak I can somewhat speak to Google as um, you know, being a worker for for them mm-hmm. and Walt Disney. I have a friend out in LA that works for um Walt Disney. Don't know many don't know anyone from Apple, but hey, if you guys are working, I'll just call it the big three. Like if you if you work for one of those three companies, like we'd love to get um like to ha- potentially have you on here as a guest to yeah, like man. explain some of your experiences with those those bigger companies. Give us the inside info. You know, we want to know what's happening on the inside. Yeah, we want to know what's going on. And so in this article, what really stood out? So it mentioned it, it talked about structure. So okay. if you're if you're an individual who thrives off of a of a structure and organization, then a large corporation might be for you. Mm, okay. So if that's something that you value, then bigger might be better. Okay. Now, structure of small a small business is oftentimes a little more flexible than those of large co- corporations. So just speaking from an entrepreneur standpoint, a lot of people that are like in the entrepreneur like mindset, mm-hmm. like a lot of them probably do prefer like a smaller business because we like the flexibility. And then, yep. I mean, we feel like we can kind of like, you know, kind of run things like we would like our own business because there's a little bit more freedom there. Like, yep. yeah, so that that's the uh, en- engineering education. I just wanted to kind of briefly talk about how uh, like the differences and yeah. like the mindset of people that believe like, you know, bigger companies are ideal to work for, especially mm-hmm. when you're coming out of college as an undergrad. Yeah, that's a that's actually an interesting thing. And when you when you were talking about this, it actually made me made me think about something that I don't I don't know if people really consider this, like when they're when they're doing their job search or or looking to apply for positions. Um, but with those being, you know, the 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 top three companies or the big three companies, um, that also means that everybody's applying for these companies, right? Like, that's, and so that's true. More the, competition. the competition, right. The competition that you're going to have in order to, you know, secure a position there, not even just secure a position, but sustain a position. Cause it's not like people are going to stop applying to, to these companies. Like, um, 
but you know, it's, it's, it's going to be challenging, which is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, believe in yourself, go after your dreams. If that's what you want to do, by all means, um, go that route. But it's something to consider, you know, working at, working at smaller companies, a lot of times, you know, you're, you're just, you're not going to have as many people that are looking to obtain that particular position. Right. Uh, so it being a, a smaller pool, uh, maybe it increases your chance and chances of of actually getting that particular position. So just just something to think about. Yeah, and that's definitely not to like not to like uh, scare anybody that likes a little bit of competition. But I can just tell you something that you guys can do for fun. So a little bit a little homework assignment if you guys have some free time. I go go to Indeed. And so look like if you look at Indeed, you'll just, for example, search Google, you can search Walt Disney and look at one of their open, open positions. Mm -hmm. And so it'll tell you how many people actually view, view that. And I use that like when I'm applying to jobs or when I was applying to jobs, like if I see like 3000 people view this job, like I'm like, I'm not, I'm not applying to that job. So that's something I do personally. Cause I'm like, Hmm. Let me let me add this story. So I think this is this is interesting. I think it kind of fits into this topic well. Uh-huh, um, okay. So there's this there's this classic story that I've heard uh, several times, um, but it talks about how um, like people's belief in their self in themselves, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so at a, at a certain point um, in the newspaper, you know, I guess when people still read newspapers, you know, when that was still a thing, <laughs> uh, but, but uh, you know, in the in the job section or in the classified sections, there were there were two jobs that had the exact same description. The only difference was one job said it paid like thirty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and the other job said it paid like one hundred thirty five thousand uh-huh. dollars. And ironically enough. Way more people applied for the job that said $35,000 than the one that said $135,000, even though they had the exact same job. Wow, history. really? Yeah. And I thought that was that was interesting just just because I don't I don't, I don't know if this has ever happened to you before, but I know, you know, especially coming out of college when I'm looking at positions or whatever and I'm, I'm looking to apply for stuff. Um, sometimes when I see like the starting salary is is way above like what the average salary of someone with my degree like is, it's uh-huh. a little bit intimidating. Um, and so sometimes that kind of scares me from applying to, to those kinds of jobs because I think I'm not, I'm not going to qualify. Um, so I, I just think that's interesting. So, so just by all means, you know, if, if you feel like you have some of the skills and I'm not even the type of person at this point, like, I don't even believe I have to have all the skills to apply for the job. Like I could just have a couple of them on the list. I can learn everything else. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so for sure, yeah, definitely. go for it. You know what I mean? Like there's no. There's no, uh, you don't get no, no fouls. You know what I mean? You don't get no, no demerits for applying for a job. You know, you just go, they might tell you no, but hey. And then something that you, I'm sure everybody has heard is it's not always about what you know. It can be about who you, who you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the you have those situations where you start networking and you get yeah. in with certain people. And then just to end engineering education on this is, like we've seen a lot of anomalies, like last mm-hmm. four years, past four years, we saw who became the president. A mm-hmm. lot of people would have never thought that individual would have become the president. So with that being said, like you guys can apply to just about anything. Like don't ever. Don't ever <laughs> I like that example. Do I like not that let anything stop you because it's, it's a possibility. The only way it's not going to happen is if you don't apply or if you don't try. I like that example. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. 
Man, Drew, after a lot of fun and after the, the education, like we get, we have a serious moment and then I mm-hmm. feel like it, it all comes to a, an end. You know, it's, it's karma. You know, the, the end becomes the beginning, the beginning becomes the end, <laughs> right? It's, it's okay. It's a, we'll be back. We'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back in, in no time. So before we go, Mr. Drew, can yes. you give us a little bit of inspo? A little bit of inspo to go into your week. So I, I watched a, um, a documentary over the weekend um, by a research scientist by the name of Brene Brown. So if you haven't heard of Brene Brown, definitely um, go check her out. I actually just bought a couple of her books. Um, to read through this year, you know, I, you know, I love reading. So You're a bookworm, we yeah. Know. So I'm, I'm excited to read her books. Um, but I was really, really fascinated and really moved by the topic of her research. So she does like human studies, um, and she's learning about you know people, and her topic is about vulnerability, right? And this is something that you that she talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and her, you know, the she does a lot of. Um, a lot of work with corporate groups um, in the tech industry. And I think that this is interesting because one of the things that she talks about a lot is um, a lot of tech companies that have problems with innovation, the problem actually stems from the lack of vulnerability that's acceptable in the company, right? And so what what it made me think about is like when it comes to being creative, when it comes to sharing your ideas, you know, that takes a level of, of vulnerability to open up and share things like with people that may or may not like your idea. Right. There has to be a yeah. level of a level of trust, you know, mm-hmm. there to be able to do that. Um, and so she she talks about how, you know, being vulnerable is really the basis for innovation and creativity. Um, so if your company, this is something that your company is struggling with, or if you're at a company that's struggling um, with innovation or they're kind of stuck in doing things the same way, um, that's something that you should actually look at or, or consider, you know, having, you know, improvement, the ways to improve um, how people are being vulnerable and how people are able to express themselves without feeling like somebody is going to, you know, jump at them, if they jump down in their throats if they make a mistake. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times there's, there's this idea of perfection that floats around the office that like it needs to be right. You know, it needs to be right the first time and all of this. But like creativity stems from making mistakes. If I'm not able to make mistakes, then I'm only going to do things in a safe way because I want to yeah. make sure that I get it right. That's true. And and, true. and so and so, you know, just this week, I say really, really think about, you know, what you're doing in terms of invulnerability and how that really not only helps you to create Um, But vulnerability also really helps you to experience joy in a different way, because a lot of times when people feel joy, the very next thing that they feel is fear of that joy being taken away. And those often are very, very closely tied together. And so, you know, being vulnerable and being able to just lean into that joy and and enjoy the moment, um, knowing that it maybe it goes, maybe it doesn't. But it doesn't take away from the moment that that moment of joy is is precious um so so definitely something something to think about something to take into your week um is is try and be a little a little more vulnerable uh this week you know that's that's part of why i wanted to give my apology to to you to show a little bit of my vulnerability well thank you drew for 
being vulnerable on this episode. Um, and I, I really appreciate that. And I love the fact that uh, something that you said that really stood out is, you know, that moment of joy. We're always thinking about the next moment. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just have to hang on to that moment of joy and not think about what comes next because sometimes yeah. you miss out on that feeling. So enjoy the moment. Live yes, in the moment. Live in the moment. Enjoy the moment. Absolutely. So thank you guys so much for tuning into uh, this episode. Be vulnerable. <laughs> Have a good week. And live in the moment. Get it done. Peace. Peace.